For our next film, we're going to take it back a couple more decades to 1976 when... The Gen Z people are shook. (laughs) They're like, what? When? (laughs) Wait, that was like a hundred years ago? It's Sonali. And this is Jenks. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Pass the Salt, episode 14, coming out on Halloween. Oh. Happy Halloween, guys. It, this is Son's fucking is day, you my guys. Holiday. She has owned this day since I've known her. No, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> All my friends know that they're never allowed to have Halloween parties <laughs> because when we're adults, well, we are adults, but when we have like homes and shit, like yeah. Halloween's always gonna be at my house. Yeah, it's just what are you doing for Halloween? Um, probably going to Sans. I'm kind of pissed that I wasn't born on Halloween. <clears throat> I would love for my birthday to be on Halloween. Okay, be two questions for you. Would you rather have your child be born on Halloween, or would you rather have your anniversary, like your wedding anniversary, be Halloween? I think I would want my wedding anniversary to be Halloween. Okay, why? Because then I can always celebrate it. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so for today's meal, we have bad bitch Meg the Stallion coming through. What do we get, Son? Oh, yeah. Megan the Stallion came out with her own hot sauce with Popeyes. And, you know, when I saw that, I looked at Jake's. I was like, we have to try this. <laughs> like, there's no way we would not try a hot sauce by Meg the Stallion. Right. Like, two things we're both fans of. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Her sauce is called the hottie sauce. Yeah, and I got the hottie chicken sandwich combo, and then that came with, like, fries and a drink. But then I also – okay, one thing to know is I have never tried Popeye's before. Yeah, neither of us have. Yeah, so this was our first time trying Popeye's, and I went in on that menu. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to get the hottie chicken sandwich, but then I'm also going to get the mashed potatoes and gravy. And then I had to try a dessert option, like, come on. It's the first <laughs> time trying Popeye's. You have to try something. You have to try, like, a good mix of the menu you know like Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when I really understand if I like a place or not so for my dessert I got the blackberry cheesecake fried pie okay and then for me I got the eight piece hottie nuggets medium combo basically the chicken nuggets with the sauce on the side and then I also got dessert and I am obsessed with chocolate I don't know if anybody (laughs) knows that but I am so I got the six piece chocolate beignets Let's let's just dig into this right now. I know there's so there's a lot going on here. Yes. Mmm, <laughs> this sandwich is so good, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this sauce tastes really good. It's really unique. And I didn't expect this from her genuinely. I really mm-hmm. didn't. But it works. I like it. I didn't expect this from her either. I don't like my sauces sweet. So this sauce is kind of like a play on, I feel like a spicy chicken and waffles because it has like that honey, sweet and sour taste to it. It's like tangy. Like it's something I would expect at like an Asian restaurant. Yeah, totally. And it's just not up my alley because I don't eat that sauce in general, but it's not a bad sauce. Like I was like, I didn't find it disgusting. It's just not my flavor pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so collectively with, like, the mashed potatoes and, oh, my God, that cheesecake, that fried cheesecake was heavenly. Oh, my God. I need, like, three of those. (laughs) I really enjoyed my beignets, too. My chocolate beignets. Yeah. Dessert gets 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, dude. I would crave that shit again. Actually, honestly, my whole meal gets, like, for a fast food restaurant and for it being my first time, I was pretty impressed with everything. So I would personally give it 
a 10 out of 10. Okay. You I would did go me back. right. You did me right, Popeyes. <laughs> I would go back. I really liked it. So I think I would give it like a six. But that's solely because wow. of my own fucking sauce issue. You're just a hater. Well, maybe I'll average it out to like an eight because the chocolate beignets carried it for me. <laughs> carried that shit. So it's Halloween. We have to do something spooky. Mm. Come on. What else would you be doing on Halloween? It's not like we're going to be talking about rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> not that we talk about rainbows and butterflies on the reg. <laughs> good point. Yes. Good point. But we were like, okay, let's make this fun. This is our last creepy story of the month. Mm-hmm. Well, for until next year. Yeah. This is the last <laughs> creepy story of 2021 spooky season. Yeah. So we were like, okay. We haven't talked about a curse, and there are definitely some movies in Hollywood history that are rumored to be cursed. Mm-hmm. They have, they're pretty controversial, so we brought you a couple of stories from some pretty iconic horror films in general, and I think uh, I think this one's going to be pretty good. Yeah, these movies are, one, super iconic, like you said, and two, just a quick little disclaimer... I actually haven't seen these movies because <laughs> I am not a fan of scary movies. I saw them. Have you seen these movies? Um, I've seen I've seen one. Okay. The other one I have heard a lot about, but I never watched. And then The Crow I've never heard of. This shit looks so insane. Like, I was shook hearing about these cursed well, films. These, yeah, the stories are crazy, but it's none of these films are, like, from today's time. They're, like, dated back into, like, a couple decades ago. Yeah. So it's kind of unfortunate. I wish there was something that was a little more timely. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would make more sense for our generation. But I love horror regardless. Mm-hmm. So I was so down to talk about all of these. That reminds me of this meme I saw today where it was like, why do ghosts always have to be like the 1700s? Can you imagine a ghost being from 2007 being like, it's Britney bitch? Right? <laughs> I wonder if that's going to like be a thing maybe maybe in 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. We'll have ghosts from like the 90s. <laughs> it's just funny because Gen Z literally think the 90s are like old and <laughs> we're all like hello yeah we're still in our 20s i still watch friends <laughs> i still feel like it happened yesterday <laughs> so what's the first film we're talking about jinx so, so the first movie that we're going to talk about is called the crow and it's said to be the most cursed film and it was first released in 1994 so The Crow is basically about is basically a gothic superhero film based on James O'Barr's comic The Crow. Um, and it's basically about a man and his fiance who brutally get murdered by a gang. And then on the anniversary of their death, he rises from the grave to avenge their death. And the person that plays the main character, his name is Brandon Lee. But this movie, shit starts happening to people on the set starting day one. On February 1st of 1993, day one of production, a crane worker drove machinery into electrical wires, literally severely burned all of his internal organs, but thankfully he was alive. Like, imagine that pain. Like, I, the not even the outside of your body is burned, but all of the inside. inside. Oh, oh, Like, oh, I can't even imagine what that man went through. Yeah. And then on the same day, somebody fucking, there was an equipment truck on set that was on fire, which was wild. But that was just the beginning of all the things that were happening to people on and off the set that were somehow tied to this movie. 
So a publicist for the movie was involved in a car accident. A set worker stabbed himself in the hand with a screwdriver. Like how final destination-y is that? And then another set worker fell through a roof and broke multiple bones. Another worker drove a truck through the set of the crow. And then the storm of the century, which was happening during that time, damaged thousands of dollars of the set. But all that was nothing compared to the real tragedy that struck on March 31st, 1993. Yeah, so on 1993, March 31st, Brandon Lee was accidentally shot during a filming of a scene. And the filming, even though there weren't real bullets ever being used on set, they still had, you know, had to do the whole having blanks in there and what was it called? Demi bullets? Demi cartridges. And demi cartridges. And like I said, there aren't really ever any real bullets on set, but they'll still hire firearm specialists to come in and make sure that, you know, everything is loaded the way it needs to be loaded, making sure that no harm can be done when shooting these demi cartridges. So on that day, the person that was hired to be the firearm specialist had been sent home early and no one on set at the time was experienced enough to know what they were looking for when they were checking the guns. So they shot the gun and then they paused to do the next scene. And then because of the first gun that was shot or first shot that was done in the scene before, there was something lodged inside the gun. So when the next shot was done with the blank, that forced whatever was lodged out and that's what ultimately hit him. It was like, it was a little piece of iron. It wasn't a real bullet, but it was deadly enough to hit him in the abdomen and kill him on set. So he was 28 years old when he died and he was sadly, it's really sad because he was actually engaged at the time. So he never really got to like, he was said to be married that month, I think. Yeah. And like he, super close. It was so, I feel so bad for him. Like it's just like one of those sudden deaths. That it's just like, it's hard to set. It doesn't settle well. Yeah. You know, like there is so much, I feel like I can imagine there must've been so much anger because it, it was just all mismanagement. Mm-hmm. It could have been it could avoided. Have, yeah, easily, easily avoided. Easily. So his death brought a lot of controversy because of his father's death, to be honest, Bruce Lee. So his father died at the age of 32, and it was a really mysterious death. He was very young, but it was one of those deaths that were just kind of inconclusive or, you know, left a big question mark on people's minds. And it was said that the Lee family especially had a curse upon itself to where the men in their family were immediately cursed from being born. That was one of the rumors that were going around. And the second rumor was that a gang, a Chinese gang, were behind the hit of both his father and him. So there's really no answers there, but it's still a little sketch because it's a little too coincidental for us. And it's a little timely, too. Yeah, it's, it, it sounds weird. very familiar. Very familiar. To, to some shit that happened last week. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about the Alec Baldwin accidental shooting Shot, yeah, of shooting. a pop gun that mm. killed not an actor, but a cinematographer named Helena Hutchins. Which is wild to me. Like, I can't believe that this even occurred. Weirdly coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's very coincidental. What if there's a tie from this movie, The Crow, to something that's related this, to that movie? Like, maybe yeah. it's the same prop gun. What if it's like the same set? Like, who knows? Who knows? Oh my God. What if, but what if there's a tie? 
If there is, you heard it here first. <laughs> Call me if it is. I need to know. Bro, I need to know these details. That would be crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I mean, I feel so bad for Alec Baldwin. Like me too. The amount of guilt that's probably weighing over him. It's just sad. I feel bad. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need that. But the crow, I think. Well, what do you think it is? Do you think it's more of like a conspiracy, or do you think it's like a Chinese gang? Like, what do you think it is? I, or a curse, not a conspiracy. I don't know about the curse because I don't know if, if, I mean, okay, so if there was a curse, then, you know, wouldn't Bruce Lee's father died too? I just feel like that, I don't think like two deaths in the family equal a curse. Mm-hmm. I, it, this one was, I think like all the weird incidences that happened are definitely weirdly related. And I think that's sketchy, mm-hmm. but I don't think his actual death, like Brandon Lee's actual death is tied to the curse. So you think like the curse is more pertaining to the movie versus the Lee family? Yeah. I think the, I think Brandon Lee's passing amplified the claims of the curse because it was just so tragic and like what the fuck happened kind of yeah. situation. And what are the coincidences that a son and a father both in the limelight die tragically? Yeah, at such a young age. Yeah. Around true. the same around the same age. But I, I do think that part is separate from the curse. I don't think it has anything to do with the curse. I think that was just a total accidental mistake. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree to that. Um the Chinese gang conspiracy, I feel there's some truth behind it. Like, I could see why it would make sense because they said that they were upset that Bruce Lee was revealing all of their, like, secrets mm-hmm. of martial arts. So I understand it from that perspective, but I don't get... But why does it make sense son? with Brandon Lee? Yeah, yeah totally. Like, what's the point of that? Yeah. So the crow is definitely cursed. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> For our next film, we're going to take it back a couple more decades to 1976 when... The, the- Gen Z people are shook. <laughs> They're like, what? When? <laughs> Wait, that was like a hundred years ago? <laughs> <laughs> when the movie The Omen was released. The Omen is a 1970s film about the coming of the Antichrist, where a child is replaced at birth by the father shortly after their biological child dies, and mysterious events and violent deaths occur ever since the child is brought back to the parents' home. And this movie was such a huge hit. It had, so it had three movies in a full series, and then they had a TV show about it, and all these other extra side gigs. People just love The Omen. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge hit. And it was considered, or it is considered an icon in horror. But there's also a rumor about a curse that also keeps this movie relevant today. So this movie originated from a man named Robert Bob Monger, who was an ad executive turned born again Christian. Hello. And he brought, (laughs) holy spirit, activate. (laughs) Holy Holy spirit, Spirit, activate. (laughs) And he brought the idea to Hollywood because he wanted to show the evil and darkness of the Antichrist, but was also very fascinated with the biblical theme and thought it would bring a lot of money, which clearly he was not wrong. <laughs> because they did 12 fucking they made, versions That of franchise this. made a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then director Harvey Bernhardt agreed with him. And this man, Bernhardt, starts making arrangements to start creating the film. But Monger eventually starts to get this like weird icky feeling about it and kind of gets cold feet and starts warning Bernhardt that, you know, if he creates this movie, it's going to cause a lot of despair. And uh, he didn't think it was going to be very safe. He thought it was really dangerous. Uh, There's a quote where he literally I'll read this to you. It says, if the devil's single greatest weapon is to be invisible and you're going to do something which is going to take away his invisibility to millions of people, he's not going to want that to happen. And I mean, clearly Bernhardt ignored the warnings and pushed forward, which, you know, is why we have the omen today. But things started happening almost immediately here, too. Yeah, it was just one after the other. This one, I would say, is a little bit more intense. Yeah, this, I feel like, is probably the most cursed Hollywood Yes, 100%. So, I mean, to jump right into this, Gregory Peck, who was signed on to be a lead character of the film on June of 1975, his son takes his own life, which is an absolute tragedy. So tragic. Gregory Peck then throws himself into this movie as a coping mechanism to deal with his son's suicide. Because he did that, he ended up doing such a phenomenal job that he was known for this role, basically. I, I feel like that's kind of respectable. You it know, is. like you channeled your grief and you put it into something artistic and creative rather than, you know, going downward spiral mm-hmm. of like pain and sorrow and drugs and you know, alcohol abuse, you know, like stuff that you hear about, you know? Yeah. So I think that was also really, you know, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it paid off. He was known for this role, right? Totally. The next one was John Richardson. He was a special effects designer who worked on The Omen. After he um, finished working and was working on a new film, him and his wife and another visual effects designer by the name of Lismore were driving on an empty road and they ended up being struck head on by another car, literally out of nowhere. Um, John ended up falling unconscious and woke up and the first thing he noticed was a road sign that said that the town, Omen, was 666 miles away. And which really is crazy. fucking coincidental. Right. Especially because in all their marketing, like their posters, the imagery of the film, it all had the 666 numbering on it. Mm-hmm. And this is a movie about Antichrist. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't, that, that so, smells a little fishy. That gives me chills. That did yeah. not sit right with me at all. Right. And to add to that, he looked over and he noticed that his wife's head had been decapitated, which I can't even imagine like noticing something like that. It's wild. When I saw, when I heard about that, I immediately was like, is this the devil's way of warning him? Like, if you don't stop, I'm, this is what's going to happen to you. And then use his wife as an example. Maybe. (laughs) Fuck. That's, my God, I can't. Um, Another thing that happened was in the movie, there was a baboon scene and it was shot with the animal trainer. A few days after that scene was completed, the animal trainer was killed while working with a tiger. It's like this film carries some type of negative energy that like rains hellfire on Mm -hmm. everyone around it. It's like like the concept of everything I touch turns to gold. Everything this movie touches literally turns to shit. Crazy. 
In October 1975, Gregory Peck was on the, a plane going to London, which I believe is where they were shooting the film. His plane was struck by a lightning bolt and it hit the engine. And then the engine caught on fire, which forced him to have an emergency landing. And he barely survived. A bolt of lightning. Yeah. But this is like a constant theme that happens with this film because then producer Mace Newfield was flying to a production set when he was also struck by lightning and the engine exploded. Same exact situation. And they nearly crashed into the Atlantic Ocean. Oh my. But he also survived. He survived. Okay. Speechless. Wow. Dan Seltzer, the screenwriter for the film, was also, believe it or not, can we guess what happens next? Struck by lightning when he was flying to the <laughs> film set. And producer Harvey Bernhard, you remember him, right? Yeah. Was standing in an open field, which, like, what the fuck, why? During a storm and was almost struck by lightning around the same time as David Seltzer. Statistically, it's so hard to have any encounter with lightning. You have to be, like, one in 12 billion, and this happened four times. Four times, all at the time of going to filming, going towards the set, like, something revolving around the film. This, how can you not believe like that this Like, the devil is, is trying so hard to be like, do not put this out. <laughs> do not film this. I don't want this happening. <laughs> My gosh. The cast and crew members of The Omen work hard, but the devil quite literally works harder. Yeah, not Kris Jenner. The devil. <laughs> <laughs> And then once while recording a scene of Gregory Peck fleeing from a cemetery while being chased by dogs, Gregory Stuntman, who was obviously the one playing Gregory, because of course the real actor can't, will not do his own stunts, was viciously attacked by possessed dogs, quote unquote, because they forgot their training, they were misbehaving, they would not listen to their trainer, like the trainer was trying to get them to calm down and they were just not having it. It wasn't even them in their eyes. It These was... like dogs are trained from since they were a puppy, like this yeah. is all they fucking know. And the fact that they forgot. Yeah, they completely lost their cool during that filming scene and one mm -hmm. of them barely missed his jugular and he was dragged on the ground with them grabbing his clothes and dragging him around. Like they were vicious, like wow. they were out for blood. Wow. That's a, that's so scary, mm -hmm. dude. I don't know. Ugh, fuck. Producer Mace Newfield and his wife barely escaped being blown up by the Irish Liberation Army called the IRA, who were going crazy at the time of this, this time period, like the 1970s. So what happened was Mace and his wife were staying at the Hilton Hotel when the news broke that the IRA had bombed the hotel itself. Like wow. the same exact hotel was bombed, but they just missed it because they had stepped out of the building. So they were not in the vicinity of the attack. This is also really, really coincidental. But a few days after wrapping up the film, the producers and Gregory headed over to a restaurant to have dinner. And then they learned that that same restaurant was bombed as well a couple days before. Crazy. That's two things. They So many times they Near miss death. death. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, guys. Like, all these final destination vibes. It's wild. And then it also gets weirder. There's an infamous plane crash where the production rented a small twin propeller plane. They were all set to shoot when a rich Chinese businessman basically bought the plane right out from under them. And while the plane was taking off, it ran into a flock of birds and crashed and it ended lives of multiple people on board. Like how the fuck do you just run into a flock? How did you not see them? What? 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 Yeah. And this were they happened. close? 
<laughs> did this have like this shit really happened after the Chinese businessman bought the plane from them? So they. People, so it was it had just barely like they were, graced the exactly. Movie. So they were like so they were about to shoot with the plane, and then the it got bought out. So obviously the person that bought it got the plane, and then this happened to them. That plane. Mm, I'm glad. Crazy. I I'm glad we've never seen this film. Right. There was a stuntman that was supposed to jump off a tall building and land on an airbag, which is done hundreds of times. Like, we've seen it. Yeah. This is like a typical behind-the-scenes footage. And just as he's about to leap, he claims that he felt someone push him. Oof. So when he fell, he fell helplessly and he missed the crash pad <gasps> and he landed squarely on the ground. Yeah, dude. Was he like... Dead? He was super badly injured, but he survived. Oh, thank gosh. God. I think he went through like eight hours of surgery oh and shit like that. Gosh. It's crazy, crazy. But America, I mean, the world fucking loves money, right? <laughs> so they decided to remake this motherfucking shit in As the if 2000s. there wasn't enough already that has occurred from this curse. They were <laughs> like, let's do it all over again. Right? So in the 2000s, um, they try to remake the film, and most people are against it, within reason. Yeah. The productions already suffered loss of life and technical malfunctions, but actor Pete Poslethwaite, who played the role of the father, lost his brother suddenly and unexpectedly. The man is said to have been playing poker with his friends, received three sixes, and then dropped dead. Which, what, but, how are the, what, I, it's, I have no words. I'm literally stuttering. I have no words. Another thing also relating to the 2000s remake is that a scene that featured Liv Schreiber was shot over 13,500 feet of film. And that film spontaneously burst into flame in the film processing lab. So So that footage was never recovered. Was never recovered. Dang, that's creepy. Yeah, and there was a behind-the-scenes camera that was filming an eventual documentary that experienced technical difficulties, and one of them even suffered a minor explosion. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what those cameras caught. (laughs) Right? I wonder what was on there that the film bursted up. Like, it was probably something that... That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder what they caught. Yeah. I literally cannot wrap my mind around the fact that all these things can happen, and people aren't talking about it till this day. Like, this is the first thing I would say to people now. Have you heard of The Omen? I ain't seen it. Probably won't ever watch it. But there is so many fucking cursed shit behind this movie. Well, I think it is talked about. Like, I oh, mean, it that's is? That's why we know about the curse today in the 19-something that happened in 1970s. And now we're in 2020. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Because the 2000s remake, too. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think of when I hear The Omen. I knew about the curse. Oh, okay, okay. I just never watched the film. But, like, that's why I know it's famous. You're just, yeah. Mm. I do think that that that's why it still has its legacy today is because of all the creepy shit that happened. Mm. Yeah, this was a lot of stuff. Like, there's no way all these things are coincidental. No. There is absolutely no The thing that did it for me was the fact that the guy literally got in a car crash, his wife is decapitated, and then right in front of him is a sign that not only says omen but it has 66.6 like it's like clear as day the movie you're making the signature of the devil and a dead person like that was not a coincidence to me no that is a clear sign my god 
The next film we're going to talk about is The Poltergeist. There were three in total that were made. And this is basically a film about a suburban family whose home is haunted by malevolent ghosts that abduct their daughter. To jump right into it, in all three movies, there were numerous deaths among the staff. And in the first movie, which came out in June of 1982, the actress that played the sister was strangled by her boyfriend on her driveway and he left her for dead. She was then taken to the hospital, put on life support, they took her off life support five days later and she unfortunately died. Her name was Dominique Dunn. And also in the first movie, they used real skeletons to film an iconic pool scene where the mom falls into the muddy pool and like skeletons start coming up and stuff. It's said to say that because the real skeletons were used, the spirit of the skeletons were theorized to be the beginning of this curse on these films, basically. I don't blame them. Right? I would be pissed too. I'd be like haunting every single one of them. Same. <laughs> like you're using me as a fucking prop? What the yeah. fuck? And like, I mean, I don't think, I mean, this is Hollywood. I don't think they're taking care of that shit either. I mean, no. they're probably just throwing it around the way they were probably handled and carried around like when they were being smuggled clearly because no one yeah. would just fucking hand someone human remains <laughs> for a movie set. 1000%. It keeps going. So in the second movie, one of the actors by the name of William Sanson performed an exorcism in secret on the set in 1984. He basically went in the night before and he performed it. And the next day when everyone started arriving on set, they felt very great and relieved, which is a little fishy because that means that there was something there that was... That's true. I didn't right? think about that. That means, yeah. Like clearly something was clouding the overall vibe of the yeah. set that to where like people could tell that that heaviness was lifted. Yeah, they noticed a difference, which is very interesting. Julian Beck, who played Kane, died of stomach cancer at the age of 60 in September, which was months before the film came out. Um, and then also William Sanson died of kidney failure at the age of 53. So it's just like things happening left and right. Yeah. Left and right. It's wild. This one's cutthroat. This one, people are dying. The last one, people were missing death by <laughs> a second. No, this yeah. one is like... Left, right. They're gone. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> squid game. <laughs> these cursed skeletons are literally playing squid games right? on each one of these people. That's so sad. And to make it even worse, the cutesy little blonde girl from the Poltergeist films that is very, very iconic, Heather O'Rourick, suddenly died at the age of 12 from cardiac arrest from septic shock caused by a misdiagnosed intestinal issue and she passed away in February 1988. A misdiagnosis. Yeah, like, it's crazy because we learned that the misdiagnosis that the doctors thought she had was Crohn's disease, whereas she had this, what was it? It was like this really very rare situation where something in her stomach was infected and it created this, this weird toxic yeah, his bubble of like... There was a hole in her intestines that basically created a pouch of fecal matter outside of her intestines. So instead of pooping it out, she it would just gather in that little pouch. And then that pouch ended up bursting. bursting and that which was led really to toxic shock. for her body. Yeah. yeah. And then killed her. It, it's so sad. This like, poor girl didn't even get to have a normal life. Um, and she was going through Crohn's disease treatments for no fucking, no fucking reason. reason. Yeah. And Richard Lawson, the actor, was also in a plane crash, but luckily survived in 1992. However, 27 of the 55 passengers did pass away. He missed death by a chance because he was coincidentally bumped into first class that day. But the person that was in his original seat was one of the passengers that did pass Crazy. away from the crash. I would need to be in years and years and years of therapy right? to 
even like live a normal life after that. <laughs> that could have been him. Like that's the craziest part about it. Mm-hmm. Lou Perryman, who played a really small role in the original film, was murdered by an axe in his home and died by a ex-convict at the age of 67. Like, what? What are the chances that an ex-convict kills you with an axe in your own home? And it's such a violent death. Yeah. It's just so weird. It's unsettling. And then there's that whole crazy clown doll theory as well. Um, During the filming, the actor Oliver Robbins, who played Robbie Freeling in the film, owned this crazy clown-looking doll. Super creepy, super freaky. I would not want to own it as a child. I don't... It's so weird when I see kids with dolls and toys that look really freaky. Because I'm like, what do you see in this? And they're literally the size of like a small child. Yeah. Abort mission. But this doll is rumored to be possessed or having some type of evilness to it because um, the doll actually nearly choked Oliver to death on set due to a technical, quote unquote, malfunction. There's a scene where he has his hands around him, but like Oliver's being choked. And I think they use this footage in the film where he's screaming for his life Mm -hmm. because he can't breathe. And they didn't realize that this entire time it was him really being choked. They thought it was him acting. But... Uh, Zach Bagans, who is a very famous ghost hunter, he is one of the ghost hunters on uh, Ghost Adventures, which is a really popular show, and they have their own museum in Las Vegas that Jenks and I have actually gone to. I was shitting bricks, you guys, but I did it. <laughs> you had to sign a waiver to get in. Yeah. Like, it was it was a trip. So Zach Bagans has this museum where he collects these haunted artifacts from people that have brought them into him, or he buys them on auction, or just through his investigations. And then he puts them up on display in his museum for people to go visit. So Zach Bagans, this guy, buys the clown doll from the movie set that's rumored to be cursed for $80,000. Like, imagine the money you could have spent on something that was $80,000. And he spent it on a fucking doll. He, like, apparently wants to, like, sleep with it. The wildest fucking thing. Why would you want to sleep in the same room as a cursed fucking doll? Yeah, that's insanity by itself. That you paid $80,000 for, which is a curse in itself. Yes. But, you know, dolls are known for being vessels for spirits, so I can totally see it being haunted. Especially, I can, my theory is that it's haunted by one of these spirits that were attached to the skeleton, and that they just probably, like, re- position their energy inside this doll this clown doll and now is wreaking havoc against all these employees and actors and producers and shit it's it's wild it's crazy to think that every single one of these films like the poltergeist films had something happen to them yeah and then in 2015 they obviously did a remake of the film and people were like okay are the actors gonna be safe is this gonna be a safe Mm -hmm. set you know and although nothing has transpired after filming or during filming like nothing no deaths have happened nothing crazy the director his name is gil keenan did say that when he was directing the film and on location there were a lot of like paranormal stuff happening like he said that the airbnb that he stayed at or the house it was very haunted and he noticed it from day one and then like on set the lights would flicker on and off and all the shit and you know it sounds fun but then i'm like okay like what if they're just doing that to hype up the film because it already has all this controversy about the curse from the past and all the tragic that shit that happened in the past that maybe Mm -hmm. they're just like trying to play upon that so more people will come watch the film yeah because i'm like okay happening i I would believe it if people were dying the same way in this situation but just for someone to be like 
oh, but nothing really bad happened, but, like, our set was definitely haunted. And the director out of all people <laughs> who has, like, a huge stake in the fucking film, like, yes, of course. Yeah, maybe I'd believe it if it was a volunteer or someone, yeah. you know, or, like, a hair person being like, something crazy happened to me. But, or like, of course the director's was... gonna fucking play into that. Exactly. Or if it was, like, an independent film that wasn't already connected to, like, curse. Such a huge curse. Yeah. Or a huge Hollywood legacy of a curse. Yeah crazy <laughs> so the poltergeist the original three i believe that they're cursed but the new shit sounds like a bunch of baloney to me i'm not a hundred percent convinced on the poltergeist but i am a hundred percent convinced on the omen that yes. one takes the cake my god that one does take the cake I it don't, takes everything i don't really like care to watch older horror movies because i just feel like they don't scare me but mm-hmm. i feel creepy vibes even just by talking about the omen like, i don't think i would ever want to watch it because i genuinely think something freaky would happen yeah. I'm like, there's, with all these things mm. happening to one movie, no, there's no way. I definitely think that one's cursed. Yeah, we, d- we don't mess around with the Antichrist. No. <laughs> Maybe like a haunted house with a cute little grandma spirit, but definitely <laughs> not the Antichrist. <laughs> That's what Son wants to do is make friends with the grandma spirit. <laughs> if I was going to be cursed by an entity, I would want the curse to do all my laundry. Yeah. Make me, like, an OCD neat freak or something. That should be my curse. (laughs) Oh, I got it. I can eat all I want and never gain weight. That's not a curse, bitch. That's a blessing. The curse would be that you always have this sudden urge to do laundry. How about I'm hungry all the time, but I never gain weight? That would be a curse I'd want. (laughs) I get full so easily that I don't even know if I'd be able to handle the hunger like that. I would be so cranky. <laughs> Bitch. No one would yeah. hang out with me. Bro. <laughs> what are you salty about, Jinx? Um, I think I'm mostly salty about the fact that all these things happened to the omen and like I am just finding out about it. But that's more of like a me issue, not that's like That's your own fault because you're like ignorance is bliss with anything that comes with horror. You don't even care to nope. like entertain it. You don't even look that way. So no, you're right. Be salty with yourself, bitch. I am. It's a me issue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm salty about the crow and how Brandon Lee was, you know, accidentally died for absolutely no reason. Had such a big life ahead of him. Like, I remember when during our research, we were, we learned that he was thinking that this film, The Crow, was going to be like his breakout movie. Like, this was going to put him on the map. And he was so invested in it and like, so enthusiastic about the production and all that yeah. was taken. Even it- after he died in the um, film that we watched, like the little news thing that we watched, they said that they released the ended up releasing the movie after his death because his mom and his fiance both said that he was so proud of his work on this yeah. film that he would want it to be released. Mm-hmm. Which is so sad. And I guess, like, the guy who was doing, like, the crazy makeup on Brandon Lee, he had to make a replica of Brandon Lee's features to finish the film because, obviously, he had passed on. And he was saying, like, he had chills and it was so weird seeing Brandon basically be alive without being alive. Yeah, they had to create, like, a mask to put over the actor that played Brandon after he had passed so they could mimic his features and when he would wear the mask, they said it was just so eerie and chilling because it looked so much like him that it was wild to think that, like, he had just passed away and then he was still, mm-hmm. like, kind of in front of them. But it was amazing to see that the rest of the actors and the rest of the team and that worked on the film didn't want to continue it, but they ended mm-hmm. up doing it for Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. 
So that was that was um that was it was sad. like an ode to him. Like yeah. this is this is your creativity. This is you. Yeah. R.I.P. to all the people that tragically passed away from yeah. all of these curses. This is so sad. But I have a theory. I feel like with the omen, they were because they were constantly trying to like recreate the Antichrist mm-hmm. and the things that happened. I think they unintentionally brought that energy into the physical plane. And that's why, like, everything that touched the film was just wreaked havoc upon. Yeah. And completely torn down by, like, yeah. death or violence or it, like, accidental. Opened, like, a weird portal. Of, like, evil and yeah. pain. It, when they think of evil or you think of the devil, it sounds so material. Like, you think of, like, this guy with, you know, horns and looks like a goat and probably, like, breeds fire, you know. <laughs> but it's it, it, this, I think, is kind of showing that the devil works in different ways. And it's not necessarily, like, this entity, but it's, it, it's an energy or it's an overall vibe, a cloud or, you know, a negative thought, a thinking pattern or... You know, this something that it's like a virus that goes inside of you, but it makes you act crazy or something crazy happening to mm-hmm. you. Or It's not really you. It's something else. Yeah, it's circumstantial. It's just like something that seeps in and takes control, you know, but it's it's not something causing it. It's supernatural, but not in the way that you would think. Like when you hear the devil, like you think of a man with horns and walking around yeah. and monster. You see a physical entity. Yeah, but what if he's not? What he's if just it's a spiritual entity? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Well, I hope you guys liked listening to episode 14. Yeah, this was really fun. I hope you guys have a great Halloween. I hope you have so much fun. Stay safe. Yes, stay spooky and stay salty. <laughs> Bye.